because everyone is aware of the fight or flight responses. They describe how a person reacts to extremely stressful situations, such as being attacked. Fight means you aggressively fight back because you believe that you can defeat the danger. When this happens, you feel intense anger, you may cry, you may punch or kick people or things, you may grind your teeth, and chances are good your stomach's going to be in knots. Flight means you run from the anger because you believe you can't defeat it. When it happens, you feel fidgety, you feel anxious, you can't sit still. You want to run from the situation immediately and will if that opportunity arises. There's also two other responses beyond fight or flight that are seldom mentioned. They're called freezing and fawning. Freezing means when you're unable to act in these awful situations. You just can't think clearly or act in a way to protect yourself. Think the deer in the headlights. That deer sees the danger heading straight for him, but is just frozen in place and unable to move. This happens when you believe you can't escape or defeat the attacker. Freezing literally makes you cold when it happens as well. Your body also feels heavy and hard to move. Sometimes it can feel numb too. Lastly, there's fawning. This happens when an <clears throat> excuse me, when in an acutely stressful situation, you do your best to comply with your attacker as an attempt to save yourself. Like freezing, it happens when you believe you can't escape or defeat your attacker. Fawning's a very typical response of those who've been in abusive relationships, in particular with their parents. People who fawn realize that fighting, flight, and freezing didn't work. That's why they resorted to fawning. They found that concerning themselves with the well-being of their abuser was their best chance of defusing the situation. While fight, flight, freeze, and fawn are all very different reactions, they all share the same goals. To defuse, or preferably end the situation, and to protect yourself. The problem is often people get stuck in only one or maybe two responses when each one can be helpful in different circumstances. This is especially common in those who have PTSD or CPTSD. Their responses become habitual so that they don't consider which one's the most useful in each situation. The best way I know to overcome this is to recognize what you do in situations like this. Consider how you act without any judgment, of course, and that can help you to discern which acute stress response you have used the most. When faced with danger after doing this, you're more likely to respond after a moment of thought rather than just react without any thought. There also can be another issue for those who have experienced multiple traumas. We tend to perceive threats when there isn't one. This helps to show, this also helps to slow down your thinking, I mean, so you can decide whether or not the threat is real. Take a long, deep breath and release it slowly. It only takes a couple of seconds, but it can slow your body and mind down enough to help you figure out the situation as well as your best way to respond. Past trauma can affect your life in so many ways. Learning to manage your responses can be one way to help yourself handle stressful situations and even new traumatic ones in healthier ways.